welcome to the Talk Ish podcast with Heidi and my brother Justin. So today, join us as we open an honest discussion about faith, mental health, and overall well-being. Get ready to explore important topics, gain insight, and find inspiration as we create a safe space for growth and self-discovery. So let's talk-ish. So Justin, what is the topic for today? Well, the topic for today, you know, whenever I think about topics, I think about things that really are kind of personally applicable. And um, me and you have both talked about kind of the season that we're in. Uh, You had talked about it um, with going live for the first time on TikTok, Mm -hmm. which was a scary thing, right? Yes. It was it, it brought a lot of fear. Now we're on another live. This is our third this is your third live. Yes. Right? We did live last night. We're doing a live right now as we are recording this podcast in this amazing studio. Yes. Uh what is the name of this amazing studio? It's called Digital Empath in Baltimore, Maryland. Digital Empath in Baltimore, Maryland. Listen. The, the staff here is great, and I, I just want to give a shout-out to, to, to him. Not and even sponsored. It's just like Nah, legit. like just mm-hmm. shout-out. And uh, this, this, is, uh, this is our first time doing something like this, and it's, you know they just have made it very easy and, and pleasant for us, and um, it's, it's blowing my expectations out of the water. Um, but... You know, but we're both in this season where we are facing our fears, and so I try to I try to select topics that has a personal connection because I think that's why we can we can vibe on it so much because we we're, we're we've either experienced it, we're currently experiencing it, and um, and so we're, we're we're facing our fears. And and I, and I, I was thinking about a quote by uh, Nelson Mandela great Nelson Mandela, he said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Um, And that quote is, uh, you know, kind of going to inform our discussion today. And so uh, maybe Heidi, you can start off with just kind of talking about this season of your life and like some of the obstacles that you, you know, some of the fears that, that you're facing and um, what it has, what, the, what this, what the experience of facing your fears has been like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I would say this, this topic is so close to home for me because I am in a season. I, I want to say I just got out of a season because I'm not going to claim this season anymore because I'm in a new season now. I, I know that's right. Yes. So, but I just got out of a season where I had, and it was about a three-year season, where I had to face a lot of fears. Um, part of my, facing my fears was was facing the fact that um, I am not in control of a lot of things. Um, one of the one of the biggest things was whenever my daughter turned 18 and she left, she was out. And there was nothing that I could do about mm-hmm. it. And I, and going from being a helicopter parent to having absolutely no control over, you know, where my daughter is, what she's doing, that was my first lesson in understanding and facing my fears. I had absolutely no choice at that point in time. Mm. You know, so fast forward, that had been going on for a couple years. I mean, through whole through, through the whole COVID and all of that, 
Um, and another um, big fear that I had was um, fear of judgment, fear of ridicule, fear of people looking at me as if, you know, mm. I am like, you know, less than. Um, I, I, I grew up with a very strong imposter syndrome, fear of success, just as strong as the fear of failure. Um, I, if Out of all mom's kids, I was the fearful one. I was the one who was scared of everything, looking at everything and calculating the risk versus reward ratio. And usually the risk always won in my mind. I would always play it safe. Um, so now that I'm in this this period, you know, and then certain things happen with my marriage and different things like that, where I had absolutely no control. And so what happened was um, I went to Seattle. I'd, I'd, one of the first things that I did was I got in my car by myself, and I drove by myself to Seattle and all across the country from Baltimore to Seattle. And it was a huge facing of my fear, fear of just facing myself, mm -hmm. being alone, trying to figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. That was huge. And I never knew how uncomfortable I was with my solitude and how scared mm. I was of myself and getting to know who I was. Cause maybe I, I was, maybe I wouldn't like myself. Yeah. Man, I've met Heidi. <laughs> that bitch is cool as hell. <laughs> she's cute. Okay. And she's smart and she is so much more capable. And I, and mm. I never gave her credit for it. And so whenever I came back, I was gone for two months almost. I was gone. I was I was everywhere. Honey, I was in Chicago and Wyoming and Washington and Vegas, everywhere. And whenever I came home, mm. I had this just revelation where it was just like, if I could do all of this, what do I care what somebody thinks? Mm. And so I just really, I just... I just got this tunnel vision and I just like really just just really went into doing what I wanted to do really took on my writing my TikToks I, I stopped TikToking for a while because I was you know I just felt the need to to be quiet and listen for a while so I had about a year mm -hmm. of listening so by the time I came out of that the, the last thing I needed to conquer was my fear of putting myself out there um and so I did. So I finally did my live, and I was very, very nervous about doing my live because I was thinking, well, what if nobody watches? Nobody. I. I, it, I just didn't care because that's not. It's not about what the. It's not about the validation. It's not about. It's the fact that I'm doing it. It could be zero listeners. I would not care because I'm not doing it for them. I'm not doing it for the validation. That's another thing. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And so whenever I went on my first TikTok live, the um, one of the um, girls from my um, spirit squad, her name's Shoni, she asked me, she said, girl, how did you conquer your, like, how did you, like, get over that fear? I said, the truth of the matter is I didn't. When I was talking to her on um, the when I was talking to her on live, I says, I'm literally shaking right now as I'm doing it. I said, I have to do mm -hmm. it, do it scared. Mm -hmm. I just had to stop letting fear stop me. The fear might not go anywhere for a while, but you just got to do it scared. Just as simple as that. Mm. And so, I mean, literally, and I said that as I was like, kind of like shaking on the inside, you know, and when I tell you that I'm live now and I don't 
feel anything, any kind of fear. I could care, you know, I could care less. So the more you face it and the more you conquer it, you know, the less of an of a obstacle it is. It's just all in your mind. It's, it's something that is an obstacle in your own mind. And, and once mm. you realize that it, you, could, you have the power to control yourself, mm-hmm. you have the power to control your own mind, mm. then you'll be able to get over it. Yeah, wow. You know, I'm I'm going through a season of facing my fears. My uh, my facing my fears really began um, with my decision to become an entrepreneur and start my own private practice. I have a private practice, Justin Talkish Counseling, uh, located in Seattle, Washington. I am accepting new clients. If uh, you would like to. Uh, receive services um, and so um, I never had an entrepreneurial spirit at all I, I grew up in western Pennsylvania my aspirations didn't go any further than the steel mill mm-hmm. if I could have just got a good job at Allegheny Ludlam and got a union position I would have been straight or a job at Pat driving buses yeah that was my aspiration. Oh, that, ooh, that's you know? a big one. And, um, and and part of it was this fear of of like being out there, you know, the, being a trailblazer, right? Doing something, you know, with a union and an employer. There's a safety net up under you. At least that's what it feels like. And and it's a it's actually a false. Uh, it's a um, you know, oftentimes our fear we think our fear is protecting us and it's not, it's an illusion. Um, one of the examples I use for this is, um, you know, when you go to the beach, right. And you have your wallet, cell phone, whatever, and you want to go out in the water. What do you do with your cell phone and your wallet? You, you put, put it in, in the end of your shoe, mm-hmm. right? And it's not safe, but you convince yourself that it is. Yeah. Right. It, it, anybody, that is not going to stifle them. Yeah. That's the first place they're going to look is in your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Bury your cell phone in a sand? Yeah. Uh, yeah we'll find it again. Yeah. So, like, but, so fear is this kind of construct that we do, that we, that we have, that, that, that gives us a sense of our own safety. And so, um, so I, later on in life, you know, I went through different kind of careers and, and eventually I found the career that I felt like was really meant for me, and that was to become a therapist. And um, I had crippling anxiety every day that I was going to work. I, I was going to work in a very um, invalidating environment, um, you know, just kind of. I was doing things that were against my own spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was doing things that, I would never do, but, but I had to do because I was an employee of this organization. And I actually started, my, my fear started manifesting in my body and I was hospitalized. I had like the worst pains in my stomach. It, it would just double me over, these cramps in my stomach. Went to the hospital. I was in a hospital for two weeks. They gave me all types of tests. They couldn't identify mm-hmm. what was wrong with me. Mm. Um, they had come up with some kind of diagnosis that was very rare. Um, 
And then pretty much about a year later, I went back to work. And a year later, I went to the hospital again for the same exact thing. And my body was communicating something to me. And it was time that I responded to it. Um, and what it was communicating to me is you need to go out on your own and you need to do this for yourself. Mm. The moment that I made that decision, all of those symptoms disappeared. Wow. I haven't been back to the hospital since. Um, and so it was a huge step, right? And even, even whenever I started my practice, um, you know, I, I remember I started off on the BetterHelp platform. And BetterHelp is a, is a virtual platform that uh, provides therapy um, for clients virtually for like a subscription and stuff like that. I'm no longer part of BetterHelp, but um, I had no idea what I was doing. I was stuck in this planning stage for like a year and a half because I really wanted to mitigate any risk, you know, and, and, and go out with this perfectly executed plan. And, and I recognized that all of that planning was avoidance. I was just, I was avoiding what I needed to do. And so when you're a therapist, when you're on better help, like what you do is you hit a switch. And it says, make yourself available for clients. And I didn't know what the hell I did. I hit the switch and 30 people showed up in my inbox, like immediately. Dang. And I was like, oh shit it's and now yeah. i'm in it it's real mm -hmm. it's i'm in it and i'm i'm like trying to figure things that i didn't know and i i made a lot of mistakes along the way i'm still making mm -hmm. mistakes um but i'm learning like you said to do things scared i want to kind of talk a little bit about anxiety if that's okay yeah um anxiety is actually a perfectly normal and good emotion in a proper context. If you are in a life-threatening situation, you want anxiety. That's exactly what you want because in those moments, you have to have fast movements. And anxiety is not has nothing to do with thinking. It's, it's almost an instinct, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking in life-threatening situations could get you killed. You need to be fast and instinctual. Yes. And that's what anxiety is. It's helpful only in those situations. It is not helpful in situations that are not life-threatening. Um, but we interpret things to be life-threatening for a whole host of reasons. Trauma, um, trauma is a big one. Um, and so, uh, so anxiety, the, the nature of anxiety is actually it's trying to protect you. Yes. It's looking out for you. Um, but not in the proper context. It's not helping. It's hurting. And a lot of times, you know, our fears are just our own. They're just our own projections. I, I you know, whenever I became, whenever I started my practice, um, I saw myself in a certain way. And so it was surprising to me that people were emailing me, yes. coming to me, and paying me good money to talk to them Absolutely. once or twice a week. I, I, I couldn't get my mind around it. And it became clear to me that they were experiencing a different version of myself than I knew. I don't know that Justin. 
that my clients experience. I don't know the Justin that my sister experiences or my wife experiences. And I want to just say that nobody will look at you the way you look at yourself. It's impossible. Yeah. They cannot they cannot see you through those eyes. And so a lot of the times the fear that we have of how others are going to perceive us, they don't even they're not even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a projection of how we think about yes. ourselves. Yes. And so um, because while I feel very incapable sometimes and very inept and inadequate, some my clients clearly don't feel that way. Yeah. Right. And then my clients feel a certain way. And I tell them, I, I experience a completely different person than, than what you're talking about. And I, and I think it's important to know that we often have the worst perspective of ourselves. Oh, yeah. We, we have the most biased opinion of ourselves, you know, the least objective opinion. And, um, and, and it's actually we need other people in our lives to fill in the blind spots yeah. that we have, right? And so I encourage people to, to find good mirrors in their life, right? And there's, there's a good mirror and there's a bad mirror. A bad mirror is something that um, just exacerbates the fears that you already have about yourself. Yeah. You feel like shit and that person just says confirms that makes you feel like shit. Yes. A good mirror is somebody that sees something in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm. that that calls you out of this place of fear to come into a place of of courage you know i i've witnessed um and, and one of the things that i think facing our fears does uh, i, I want to before i go to that thing um facing our fears in our in our brains right like it's important that whenever we are afraid of something that we don't have to necessarily accomplish the entire thing right at that point. It's important just to make a step towards it. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. every time that we step backwards, any time that we withdraw, we recoil, we are reinforcing that the thing that we are recoiling from is scary. Yes. That's what we are, that's what we are telling our brain. Mm-hmm. And so mm. make a small step, right? I didn't just jump into starting a business. First, I had to understand how to even get an LLC. And that was the first step that I took, right? And with each step, I gained more confidence. With each step, your brain, you're retraining your brain and your brain says, oh, okay, this isn't life-threatening. And then you you continue to go and, and then you know, and then so and the thing that you were afraid of, like with the, the live, like you said, you're not afraid of it yeah. anymore, yeah. right? Because you overcame it and the thing that you feared didn't happen. There's actually been a study that was done that um, I think it's something like 98% of our fears never come true. I believe 98%. That. I mean, virtually none of your worst fears will ever happen Yeah. Um, like you imagine that they will. And, and half of that is is because you never even take the leap. <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 so, um, you know, and it's and I love what you said about just doing it afraid. Um, the feelings are going to be there. Yeah. Um, if we're going to wait 
to not feel scared, it ain't never going to yep. happen. You'll it'll be waiting for the rest of your life. Yeah, it, it will never happen. And so understanding and accepting that you're going to feel this this stuff and that, that comes with the territory. Um, and it's, it's kind of the price of admission. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I was thinking about, it was a story. Um, I have a plethora of stories of things that I missed out on um, in my childhood um, because I was scared. I, I could just, I could just, you could just pick from one. But one of the ones that I remember the most is um, we went to the YMCA Mm -hmm. And I was with, um, you know, Holly's always been a daredevil. Holly's all, you know, and sometimes I watch Holly get injured and I'm um, like, uh, I'm good. I'm good on that, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But so she, she was another reason uh, of my fears because she just had none and she threw caution to the wind and got injured pl plenty of times. Mm. And so that's always why I stayed back. But we went to the YMCA and the YMCA had this um, diving board and we, my mom was a big swimmer. We all knew how to swim. And so there was this day the diving board was like, I mean, the, the pool was packed. And everybody was there. And all my siblings were, you know, going off the diving board, jumping or diving off the diving board in the deep end. And um, in order to go, go into the deep end, you needed um, to do the swim test. Remember the swim test that they made you take? Mm -hmm. they, you had to swim the lap length of the pool. Mm -hmm. And so if you pass, you go on the deep end. But to that day, you couldn't go on the deep end unless you were a diver. And so unless you got on the diving board because there were so many people. And so I remember being entirely too scared to hit that diving board. And so I kept getting up and then going back because I was, you know, kind of, you know, surrendering to that fear and just like kept allowing it. So finally, it wasn't until the lifeguard blew the whistle and said that we have five more minutes to swim. I was like, no, and fuck this shit. I am tired of being in the shallow end with these with these kids. <laughs> with these non swimmers and that, you know, and I'm, and so that was very telling as well is the fact that I spent the whole time mm. in shallow water, yeah. knowing that I could swim. Mm. I was in a place knowing that I was qualified to be in deeper waters. Mm. So I ended up, um, getting on the diving board and I finally, I didn't do a dive. I just did a straight, just hopped in, you know, and it was one of the single most exhilarating and fun experiences of my life. And the moment that I came out of the out, um, out from underneath the water, the lifeguard was like, "Oh, we're closing." Uh, they're like, "Whoo, everybody get out!" And I was furious. I cried the entire way home. Mm. Not necessarily because I, you know, I was just mad at myself. Mm. I was mad. I'm like, I cannot believe you allowed you talked yourself out of that. Fun. I would. I talked myself out of that fun, and I was. And I. And I talked myself into. I had to convince myself that the shallow place was where I needed to be. I had to convince myself that I could stay. I needed to stay in the shallow end. Mm -hmm. So that was um, a big. Um, I always think about that whenever I'm going into another level, and I'm and I'm just like I'm qualified, and I have to keep reminding myself mm -hmm. I am qualified. Mm -hmm. To be with those big dogs, and you know, I'm qualified to be where, where, where. If if it's aligned in my desires, mm -hmm. it's capable. I if if I have a desire for it, then if it's already put in me to desire it, 
I have everything it takes already. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I wanted to address something you said. You said, I was the scared one in the family. Mm-hmm. I never saw you as the scared one in the family. Mm, I know. I saw myself as, I saw me as a scared one. I saw you, even though you were the youngest, as the brave one. I, I had a, I, I was very brave with what I, I've always been very brave with standing up with, like, my mouth. So I was always very revolutionary when it came to, like, taking a stance on something. Mm-hmm. But any physical type of feat, I mm-hmm. was very, anything physical, I was very scared what which what I'm saying is it, it confirms the fact that people don't see us like we see ourselves. Yeah. The reality is everybody, I'm gonna let you know a secret. <laughs> everybody out here is scared. Yep. And the people who are saying they're not, they're lying. Yep. We're all scared out here. We're all trying to figure it out. Um and so you're not alone. You're not you're not some uniquely weak person, um, you know. And I love what you said about fear is actually an invitation. It's saying, "Come into the deeper waters, mm-hmm. get out of that shallow." Yeah, you got the shallow down, but the shallow isn't going to satisfy you anymore. Yeah, you need to come into deeper waters, and so recognizing that fear as an invitation into something that's bigger and greater than you could ever imagine for yourself. And um, in just us starting this podcast, which was something that was initially really scary, um, what I've seen is it's, it's been an inspiration to Absolutely. people, right? Our, our facing our fears has created this domino effect that has helped other people to face their fears. And so... Um, it's it's contagious, and so if you're if you're around people who are just like nobody's, everybody's just kind kind of content with where they're at, and they they don't want to go anywhere. You know, they they got their their job at the mill or their job at Pat Bus, you know, and they're happy, and and you have desires to move further than that. I I, I encourage you to find a different group of people people who are facing their fears because it has a contagious effect. When you're around people who are challenging themselves, you begin to start to do the same thing and it, it, it builds courage. When you are around people who um, lack courage, that is also contagious. Uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 oh, yeah. I have known people who are seemingly pretty fearless. And get a, For instance, I remember whenever I was... I was four years old. I was watching a, um, I was watching a tennis match. This is how old we were. We lived in Lincoln Beach at the time, mm-hmm. and Andre Agassi was a tennis player. He was a real popular tennis player back in the '80s. He had just won this tennis match, and after he won, he did a backflip, like right then and there. I was like, that is the coolest thing I ever did, I ever saw in my life, and I just right there just chose to do a, a standing backflip and did a backflip right in the living room. Mom came in to the living room seeing me mid-flip. She said, boy, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You could hurt yourself. Haven't been able to do a backflip ever since. Damn. I have a backflip block. Damn. 
I can't backflip off a diving board. Cause that's that's really all backflips are. I mean, I mean, I'm not not my fat. I mean, I could never do that. No, but my literally physically. Yes, you could. I, I will. I will. You ever watch Roblox and he falls and when they die, they fall apart in pieces. That would be me. Like, Oof. Go on TikTok. I bet you find a ton of overweight people doing backflips all the time. I'm trying to tell you the way my knees are set up. You could do it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you don't have to do it, but you could. I couldn't. <laughs> Pray and for I, her. Nor do I want to. You hear? You there see? You I don't go. have the desire. You don't have the desire to there do you it. There you go. <laughs> and neither do I anymore. Kinda. Um, actually, that's a lot. I do want to take a backflip in the pool. Pray for me, y'all, that it comes back. Mm. That God, you know, that the the backflip block is removed from my spirit. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's contagious. You could you could take somebody who has no fear and in and instill fear into them. Um, especially children. Oh yeah. Uh, children t- are tend to be less fearful, and and so if you're an adult in the life of a child, whether you're a parent, uncle, older brother or sister, be real careful about um, not instilling fear into them. Yeah. You know, really be mindful of encouraging them, helping them to see how how capable they are. You know, um, one of the things that um, that was really powerful in my life, he doesn't recognize this, my Uncle Todd, right? He's my uncle. He's kind of like a big brother. Um, but I was, a, I was a knucklehead growing up, and I was untrusted for good reasons because I would steal your money. You hear me? <laughs> your money was not safe around me. <laughs> and um, so I was just very used to people not trusting me. Mm. And... I had kind of just assumed that role of a villain, the untrustworthy criminal. Mm. And Todd would trust me with different responsibilities. Mm. He just he just gave me some trust. And that kind of restored this kind of feeling of I'm capable. Mm. I can do things, mm. right? And um and so Maybe there's somebody in your life, you know, who who you really um, who's really struggling with fear, who doesn't feel capable. Entrust them with some responsibility. Mm. Give them something that is beyond them, and watch them rise to the occasion. Um, you, you'll be you'll be surprised. Facing facing our fears is um, it's an invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's so empowering. It's just, it's so empowering just um, that sense of accomplishment that you get. Oh, my goodness. And you, you just reach new levels. Like, you, 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 you're able to evolve. Mm-hmm. Like, fear paralyzes you, and it keeps you stagnant. Mm-hmm. And you, it, you, it literally keeps you from evolving. Mm-hmm. For real, for real. Like, I'm so tired. I got to a point where I had to tell my, uh, my, my spiritual mentor, I am so tired of repeating the same lessons over and over mm-hmm. again. And the main thing, the main reason is because I refuse to face fears. Mm-hmm. I refuse to face fears. And a lot, and it's funny because, um, well, people that people don't know that I have, um, the gift, I have a gift where I have dreams and a lot of my dreams are prophetic and a lot of my dreams have spiritual meanings. Mm-hmm. And this is how I always know I'm in a season that is ready to, tra- uh, to ready uh, a season of transition. Mm-hmm. 
I always have a dream of a snake. Mm. And I'll be like, as soon as I see it, so what my dream is like, um, I'm going through an obstacle course, going through an obstacle course. I'm like almost done with this obstacle course, but the last part of the obstacle course, mm-hmm. there's a snake. And I'm paralyzed, and the snake is my, that's my, that's my thing. I can't, I can't do snakes. And it's, it, rep- it represents my fear, right? And so, um, so I have a fear of the snake. The snake is right there, and I'm like, oh, hell no. And then I, I, I'm thinking to myself in a dream, am I going to go back through the whole obstacle course, or am I just going to you know, deal with the snake? And I am telling you now, depending on what I do in that dream is what's going to ha- happen and manifest in real life, whether I'm going to have to repeat the lesson over again mm-hmm. or whether I'm going to... Um, you know, go through, mm-hmm. you know? And then there was another time where I had a dream where it was a snake and I was swimming with a snake and then the snake bit me. The snake bit me and I was like um, freaking out. And one of the girl, um, one of the women that's in my uh, that was in my spiritual group, she said, but did you die? Like, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh Lord, take me down, Jesus, in, in, in the dream. But then like, she was like, uh, sis, you're still alive. You're still here with us. And I'm like, oh. And then I just kept swimming. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew I had, gotten over it stung me a little bit but i got through it i didn't Mm. die you know so um that was um and that's what i had kind of been dealing with this season was a lot of snake dreams Mm. and um now that i'm through it please i just please just give me a break from snake dreams for a while i'm just asking god we're having a moment please don't let me have any more snake dreams right now all right that's that's all i really have to say well you know as i was saying before fear is a is a perfectly normal human emotion it's part of the human experience to be human means to be fearful because we often don't know what to expect and um there's a an author her name is Brene Brown who talks about we can't selectively choose our emotions right mm-hmm. we can't selectively say I don't want to deal with fear because it's the moment you cut off fear you also cut off joy mm. you also cut off all of these other good things, you can't selectively numb, you know, to be human is to experience it all. All of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Happiness, sadness, fear, courage. It's all part of the human experience. Nobody at the end of their life says, man, I wish I would have played it more safe. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody at the end of their life is like, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have, written that book yeah i wish i would have been less afraid yes to do this yes um you know and 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 i i i want to i want to live my life to the fullest and fear is just it's just evidence that you're alive yes yes i love that i love that so do you have anything else to close with no I think that was a really, really, really good note to close on. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching our show, watching Talk-ish, watching our podcast. Um, If you have any questions or have any feedback about this episode or any other episode, please feel free to reach out to us at our email, therealtalkishpodcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you later. Peace.